So, as we've looked at the scriptures this morning, as we've sung the songs this morning, what do you think the message might be on? Heaven? Okay. Tony, did you... Thank you. <laughs> We're getting there by the resurrection, so, yeah, that's where we've come to that subject in Revelation 20. And as I keep saying, the last few chapters of Revelation have concluding thoughts on a lot of matters. And one is the resurrection. And uh, I'm, glad it, I'm glad that John got that revelation because it just clinched other things that are mentioned throughout the scriptures on the resurrection. <clears throat> Might even get to turn that heater off. Thanks, Tim. I trust you're not cold. Oh. <laughs> I'll be taking my tie off next. <laughs> no, I won't do that. In these verses, if you would turn back to them in Revelation chapter 20, in the end of verse 4, they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. So, simply put, what is that saying? Somebody's raised, and a thousand years. Years later, other people are raised. This is the first resurrection. Which one? The, the one that happens first, of course. <laughs> and not the next one. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. Folk, we are blessed if we're going to be part of that first resurrection. On such the second death, <clears throat> and you go over to verse 14 of chapter 20, and the death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. That's eternal punishment forever away from God. That's the second death. But if you're a part of the first resurrection, the second death has no power on you. But they shall be priests of God and Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And so as we go over this one and picking different subjects from these, these verses, verses 1 to 6, I think this is the third sermon from here on different aspects that we've looked at in this concluding these concluding verses, or part of them, in the book of Revelation. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful revelation. Lord, we're going to heaven. But here is telling us how we're going to get there. And Lord, it will be instantaneous for those who are living saints and have part in the first resurrection. What a blessed thought. But also, what a sobering thought. As you might come at any time and we don't know when. We are to be prepared and watch and be ready, as the word instructs us to, that we might live holy and godly lives. What an incentive that all of a sudden we might be standing in your presence in the twinkling of an eye. Lord, bless the thought, wonderful thought, that this life is not all there is. There is going to be maybe death, but there is going to be resurrection for those that have died and translation for those that are living. Lord, may these things be something of a, the helmet and hope of salvation we have in our Christian lives. We pray for those that are, have had been operated on and are having operations, Lord, that your protecting hand will be upon them. Lord, that you'll keep the bugs at bay. You'll give the surgeons and nurses wisdom as they deal with each one individually, Lord. And may they recoup and recover that they might be back in our midst again and fellowshipping and worshipping. 
Lord, we do pray for the Lewis family that you would find them a home there where they're looking at and you'll open the door in a miraculous and wonderful way there for a large family in a place hard to find homes. Uh, Lord, the place you called home when you were walking this earth. And we ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Some say that when I die or we die, that's the end. Dirt to dirt, ashes to ashes, earth to earth. How does it put it in Ecclesiastics? <laughs> it's all done. Folks, every time I hear of a famous person, celebrity dying, I think, now they know. Every time I think of an evolutionist or those, an atheist dying, now they know. It wasn't all down. This is not all there is down here. Others say our body dies and our soul sleeps because of that word that's used in our King James. <laughs> and they call it, we call it soul sleep. Jehovah's Witnesses call it that. Others say we are reincarnated. Don't kick the cow. Don't stand on a snake because <laughs> it might be a relative or your friend. from. <laughs> ah, no, it's not. It's not so. All these theories can be set aside when we understand what God says on this subject. If we are one of those who believe death is the end, then listen to what God has said in 1 Corinthians 15:22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. It talked about all twice. Everybody. Everybody is going to be resurrected. Christian and non-Christian. But there's a resurrection to life and there's a resurrection unto death. There is a difference, as we'll see in the Word of God today. If you've got your outline there in the bulletin, you can follow it through. There are the predictions of the resurrection. In Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2, and... We go back there to the book of Daniel 12 and verse 2. We won't look up here, all the references there. We'll be here into the afternoon otherwise. Daniel, the prophet, a wonderful prophet. It's interesting that the Jewish people, the rabbis and that over in Israel now, don't emphasize Daniel as a prophet. They say he's one of the writings. He's not a major prophet as we as Christians say he is. There's a... There's a whole lot of truth in there if they realise what it was, talking about them and their nation, they get a hold of it. But here Daniel said, in the last part of verse 1, everyone that shall be found written in the book, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to what? Shame and everlasting contempt. So there is... The hint here of different resurrections, some to life, <clears throat> some, to, some to contempt. But Daniel believed in it. John believed in it. And this is a reference that many people say, oh, there's only one resurrection. It's a general resurrection. And they use John chapter 5 and verse 25 and following there. John chapter 5, verse 25, <clears throat> where we read this. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear his voice, or the voice, sorry, of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are, again, all, Christian and non-Christian, that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So looking at it, you could say generally, well, yeah, there's a general resurrection there. The good and the bad, you know, those that are saved and those that are lost. But it, it, you could also look at it and say there is a resurrection to life and there's a resurrection to death and damnation. And they are separated. That's why you have to compare Scripture with Scripture. You have to go in the Old Testament, New Testament, and comparing Scripture with Scripture. You get, get to the one there in Revelation that we read earlier, and the, it, it talked about a thousand years at least between the first resurrection and the second resurrection. And blessed is he that hath part in the first resurrection. So you have Daniel mentions it, John mentions it. Old Testament, we could say almost prophet in a way, but we... An old sage in the Old Testament, Job. And one of the oldest books written in the Bible, the book of Job. Chapter 14 and verse 14, he said, If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. So he believed in it. He's waiting till his, ch his change comes. That's what... We do, and particularly as we grow older, we wait till our change comes and hope it comes in our lifetime, not after we've gone and have to go through the valley of the shadow of death. But Job also mentions it again in Job chapter 19. Job, Job chapter 19 will have you, if you'd like to look at this one, and verse 24 to 27, <clears throat> where he said, in 24, that they were graven with an iron pen and lead in the rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, not a nice thought, is it? <laughs> that... Um, one day we'll all be eaten by worms <laughs> if we die and put in the grave. That's just what the Bible says, and that's going to happen. Uh, we, we say that, dust to dust, earth to earth, or whatever, however we put that in, in, in funerals, at times of funerals. Yet, Job said what? In my flesh I shall see God. So there you go. He's, he believes that one day he'll have a resurrected body in his flesh. He will see God in that day so these <clears throat> are the mentions of the resurrection by a few now let's look at the precursors to the resurrection precursors to resurrection because these were resurrections that we notice and we'll go quickly through these in 2nd Samuel 12 22 to 23 David said of his son that he had to Bathsheba after the son died he said I shall go to him but he shall not return to me. David knew there was life after death, didn't he? 
doesn't talk about resurrection, but he knew there was life after death when he said that. And, and, and it also is that, that where a lot of us believe that children, when they die, and, and, and they're not accountable, they're under the age of accountability, they are in heaven. Uh, when we look at those verses there. Uh, 1 Kings 17 and verse 17. Here's the account of a widow's son that died after Elijah, um, she, after she had fed Elijah with her last morsel of meal and the cruise of oil, remember that? And it kept on multiplying and multiplying in the time of drought. And then after that, a son died. And then she got really upset with Elijah. <laughs> you know, you're blessed, but you're cursed sort of thing. And, and he went and laid on the son and, and then he brought her, the son down. <clears throat> The soul of the child came into him again, it says in verse 22, and he revived and he said to the widow, see thy son liveth. See thy son. That was a resurrection, wasn't it? That son had died. In Luke chapter 7, verse 11 and verse 14 and through to 15, the widow's son of Nain was raised by the Lord. Um, And he said in verse 14 and 15, And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. You know, all those things where they've put a person rising from the dead out of a coffin. It would be a shock to everybody. But this was, wow, you know, this was a reality. This happened. And it says, and in verse 16, And fear came on all they, and they glorified God. That happened in Luke 7, 11, 14 and 15. Luke 8, another resurrection, is the daughter of the ruler of the synagogue. The, the, Lord, the Lord had been sent to, to have him come and heal. And on the way, he stopped to heal somebody, that, a lady that touched his garment. And you can imagine the frustration of the leader of the synagogue. You know, you need to come. <laughs> come now, but this is a... You're being delayed, but the Lord had that for purpose because the servants come and said, don't bother the master anymore, she's died. She's not unwell, but she, she's now died. And uh, that, that was for the purpose of God. You see, the delays in life are for a purpose, aren't they, sometimes? And uh, <clears throat> that God might show himself to be who he is. Thy daughter is dead, they said in verse 49. Trouble not the master. In verse 54... He called, saying, Maid, arise. Now, in all of these instances, he, he named an in, the individual. He said something about young man or maid, arise, and that's a fact to note as we go through. And in verse 55, her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. So she was well and alive. She was raised. Precursors to the resurrection, the, the body, the, the larger body of saints will be raised, all these. John chapter 11, let's turn to this one. This is probably the best known one in John's gospel chapter 11. Praise God, we're not in the dark who read the scriptures to know that there is a resurrection. And if we're Christians, we're believers, we are going to be part of that one day. If it's not a resurrection, as I said before, in prayer, it's a translation. John's gospel chapter 11. <clears throat> Verse 43, we read there, 
And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead, and how long had he been dead? Four days. And, and, and the Lord again, it seemed, delayed his departure from where he was to come to raise Lazarus. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And if your face is bound about with a napkin, what do you need to do if you're a live person? <gasps> Breathe. <laughs> and uh, so I like to well, loose him and let him go. And, and isn't that a picture of when we become a Christian? Loosed and let go <laughs> from the bondage of sin. But he, he, he's been raised to life again, loosed and let him go. And many of the Jews who came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some, some of them went their way to the Pharisees, the, the, the snitches, <laughs> and told them what things Jesus had done. And, and what, would, what would you expect people to believe? There's a man that died and he was dead four days and he's been raised from the dead and he's walking around. What would you expect everybody to believe? I mean, do. <laughs> I just gave the answer. Believe that it's real. This is God's son. This is for real. It's not made up. He is who he claims to be. And they then gathered chief priests and Pharisees to the council and said, what shall we do? This man doth many miracles. They admitted that. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. They were worried about their positions, weren't they? They were worried about their position in religious circles and the Romans then shall come and take away both our place and our nation and one of them named Caphias being the high priest and you can read on the story there about the results of this resurrection now <clears throat> over in the gospel of Matthew chapter 27 is another resurrection and I believe this is where we get to being part of the first resurrection Christ the first fruits but we'll touch on this one it happened in its history and we'll read it in chapter 27 and verse 52 of the gospel of matthew where we read and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints that slept arose and and came out of the graves after his resurrection now all the ones we've spoken to to this point i believe in the old and new testament died again We don't have any indication that they were miraculously taken to heaven after their resurrection or they were brought to life. Um, but here we have a group of people, many bodies of the saints that slept. It doesn't say all, but many. Some believe it's all of them. Up to that point that had died being believers, arose came out of the graves after his, after his resurrection, after the Lord's resurrection, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So there's a whole lot of people that saw what happened, that witnessed what happened. And if, if we went down the street of Albury, it's not going to happen. And there's a lot of people from past years were there walking around. Now, I'd probably recognise, I don't know, they must have recognised who they were. There'd be something going on. There'd be a buzz in Jerusalem, wouldn't there? What has happened? <laughs> and if they had heard about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus as it began to spread, this all ties together. <laughs> something God is doing. 
And Jerusalem would have been pretty crowded if many of the saints that had died for 4,000 years up to that point had risen from the dead. Uh, <clears throat> why didn't people believe? The Lord claimed that he, had, he, he, he would rise from the dead and even the disciples didn't seem to get that. But here at the time of Christ's death, after his resurrection, they arose and walked about Jerusalem. There was those testimonies of that. You can add to these two, or all these, two translations. There was Enoch in Genesis 6.24. At 365 years old, he walked with God and he was not for God, took him. He went home to glory. <laughs> it's a good way to go. Walk with the Lord <laughs> and maybe one day he will take you. Now, you're not going to do it individually. <laughs> if you're alive when it happens, you all, we'll all go together. <laughs> those that are alive. Elijah is another one in 2 Kings uh, 2 verse 11. It came to pass as they still went on. That's Elijah who said, I want a double portion. What do you want? Elijah said to Elijah, he said, a double portion of the spirit. He said, well, if you see me go, you'll get it. And so what did, he, what did Elijah do? He just followed him everywhere <laughs> until he went and he saw him go. <laughs> And he, they talked, he was just walking, talking. Behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and the horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. There's two translations. The people went up without dying. That's what the Bible says. So <clears throat> you have the precursors to the resurrection. Now go back to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The importance of the resurrection <clears throat> or the priority of the resurrection as it's listed there in your, in your bulletin if Christ did not rise from the dead we are, all, we are all men most miserable we are all doomed this event is the whole basis of Christianity isn't it for it reads in verse 3 I delivered to you first of all that which I also received Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and that he was seen, that he was seen in verse 6. Verse 7, that he was seen. In verse 8, that he was seen. He was seen. People testified to this. In Acts chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, stay there in Corinthians. It reads, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, his death, burial, resurrection, by many infallible proofs, by many absolute proofs, he showed himself alive, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He did rise from the dead. Even the religious leaders, as we mentioned them earlier, recognised Christ's resurrection, but they didn't want to believe on it. And they bribed the soldiers to say something different. In Matthew 28, 5 to 7, they actually paid the soldiers to say it didn't happen. Go say it didn't happen. Because they said, this deceiver said, he would rise from the dead. They set a special guard at the, at the tomb so that the disciples couldn't come and steal the body of Jesus. And when it happened, they then tried to cover it up with bribery. Um, <clears throat> yes, it's the foundation of the gospel message, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
And Christ is the only leader of all systems of belief that can absolutely, infallibly claim that he rose from the dead. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today where two or three are gathered together. There he lives in and through us. Now let's see the program of the resurrection. And this is what we um, have gotten to in verse 23 down to 24. Well, let's read 22. As in Adam all die, in Christ shall all, so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own what? Order. There is an order to the resurrection. And as you read through this verse and the next verse, notice the order. Christ the first fruits. How long, how long ago from our time did that happen? 2,000 years ago. That's the first part of the resurrection. Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. Has that happened yet? No. That's another time when the, a resurrection will come, happen. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God. And that's spoken of a little bit later, down a few verses, when the Lord Jesus will deliver up the kingdom of God to his Father, saying it's all said and done, all the prophecies have been fulfilled. And that will be at least a thousand years after the, the afterward resurrection. <laughs> so there's three portions that are mentioned in these two verses, are there not? Christ the first fruits. Well, we know that gospel record in the records of his resurrection by many infallible proofs, proofs <laughs> that this is true. Um, <clears throat> in Acts chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. It has happened. And the result, as you read, the result of the resurrection is, talks about the two Adams in Romans chapter 5, the, the first and the last. And uh, the, last, the first one gave us death, the second gave us life and justification of sins. The second Adam, the Lord Jesus, by his resurrection from the dead. Then... Let's think of the second one. Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming, because this is where most of us who are seated here will be part of. If you're a believer. If you're a believer. Let's go down to verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. So some people will not die sleep. It's not soul sleep, it's die. <laughs> but we shall be changed. And how long will that change take? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptibly and we shall be changed. This corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal put on immortality. To go into heaven's glory, that must happen. <laughs> you can't get there with this mortal body. That will happen. And where is the other key portion of scripture that speaks of this time of our disappearance? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. And uh, down to verse 18 where we read, But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them who are asleep. Paul had told them 
while he was there just for a few weeks to start this church about the Lord's coming for them as Christians. And he said, I won't have you ignorant that what will happen to those that already died in our midst who are believers. They thought they'd missed out when the Lord would come. They thought it was so, it was imminent <laughs> concerning them who have died, that you sorrow not even as others who have no hope, others non-believing people who have no hope of resurrection. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, if we're saved people, even so them who sleep, who have died in Christ, in Jesus, will God bring with him. Where are they now? Absent from the body and present with the Lord. He's going to bring them with him when he comes to get his church. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them who are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. Did you read about the Mount of Olives, his feet touching down on earth at that time? No, he doesn't touch down. He's in the air, and we go up to meet him in the air. And you must discern the difference there. So afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. This is the first part of his coming for the church. The second part of his coming is seven years later with his church to judge and to set things right as Matthew 24 and 25 and Revelation speak about. So this is this resurrection to life. This resurrection is spoken about here. The resurrection to life. And there are a number of passages that deal with this. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 14 and verse 13, we read, But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the named, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. This is the resurrection of the just, the afterward resurrection, the middle portion there in 1 Corinthians 15, and that verse is at 24. The resurrection of life. Paul said in Philippians 3 verse 10 and 11 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead or the resurrection out from the dead. And we'll look at that in a moment. In Hebrews 11:35. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Another verse in John chapter, well, we've read that, John 5, 28, 29, the resurrection unto life. There's a Revelation 20, verse 6 that we read. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. So this afterward resurrection, this resurrection of the just, is called by different words. The resurrection of the just, the out-resurrection from the dead, the better resurrection, the resurrection of life, and the first resurrection in the different verses we've looked at. But let's go to one of the particular verses. It's in Philippians. Chapter 3 and verse 11. We've, we have emphasized this a few years ago. And it's important to see it because remember what we said earlier? When Jesus 
raised somebody from the dead, he used their name or said young maid or young man or Lazarus. Because if Jesus had not identified the individual that was going to be raised, then what would have happened? Everybody would have come up. <laughs> and it wasn't the appointed time. He clarified it. And so that only those that were going to be raised were raised at the time. <clears throat> and here again, as we look at the scripture, you find that it deliberately says and uses words that will... When, when the resurrection of the just or unto life, the better resurrection happens, there'll be those that come out from among the dead. And the rest of the dead will stay there. Otherwise, they'd all come at that time. And, you, and if you don't identify that, you can just believe in a general resurrection and see that. As you, you're turning to that one in Philippians chapter 3. In a moment, we'll get there. <clears throat> if... Christ is coming to raise the righteous a thousand years before he raises the ungodly as we read in Revelation 20. It would be natural and an imperative that we'd be able to see that. That there would be something, these would come from a group. It's like you're you know, choosing somebody to run a race out of a group of people. You, you, you give them the name and they come. Or they, they who are going to do the relay, four people come or whatever that happens. And uh, <clears throat> so the Lord does <laughs> as we look at scripture. It's carefully done in the word of God. And the word is spelt, I don't know, did we put that in the outline? <clears throat> Ek Necron, is that there? I think I did put that there. And these words signify from the dead, out of the dead implying other dead people are left. Um, <clears throat> this word's used 49 times in the New Testament. This out from the dead, or from the dead, in Scripture. The word ek, necron. It's um, <clears throat> 49 times in total, 34 times to express Christ's resurrection, out from the dead. Um, three times to express John's supposed resurrection, Herod thought he'd been raised. Um, three times to express the resurrection of Lazarus, who was raised out from the dead. Three times it's used figuratively to express spiritual life out of the deadness of our sinful life. It's used once in Luke 16.31, though one rose from the dead. And once in Hebrews 11:19, there's talking of Abraham. The four remaining times of the 49 times this word is used in the New Testament is to express a future resur a resurrection out from the dead. In Mark 12:25, they rise from the dead. In Luke 20, 35 to 36, the resurrection which is from among the dead. Acts 4. 1 and 2, the resurrection which is from among the dead. Now we go to this one we're looking at in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 11. I think this points it out for us as Christians. For, for by, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And as you look at the Greek word there, it's ek nekron. And it means out resurrection from among the dead. If you get the Greek words and put the English words right under it as we have in 
and, and, and they put in the King James so we can understand it, makes sense. But if you read it just directly under the Greek, then it's out resurrection from among the dead. And this is what will happen on that day when Christ comes, sounds the trumpet, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, many will be out from the dead, <laughs> resurrected out from among the dead. And we need to discern the difference because the rest of the dead are still there in their graves. And this is the resurrection unto life. Will you be a part of the resurrection unto life? If not, then we go back and conclude with verse 24 of 1 Corinthians 15. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father. And this is going to be the end of those, well, not the end, but the beginning of eternity to be punished. And this is what's spoken of in Revelation 20 as the second death, the last resurrection, the second resurrection. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I urge upon you to think about your need of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if you don't, you'll be a part of this second resurrection, this unto eternal condemnation. And we're all in that boat when we're unsaved. But praise God, we can be saved and delivered from the second death. As we read there in Revelation, in the last few verses of chapter 20, the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead that were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. We have ample warning. We have been told from Scripture. But how many even bother to read the Bible? This is a serious matter, isn't it? Which resurrection are you going to be part of? Really, the first resurrection included Christ and those that are Christ that is coming for the church. And then a few years later, with the church, we have the tribulation saints, I believe, raised then. But then you have the second resurrection, which is right at the end of the, when at the thousand years, the millennial reign of Christ. And that is a terrible one to face because it's unto the second death. I think we've put in the bulletin there, or in the outline, if you've, only, if you've been born once, you'll die twice. If you're born twice, you might die once. Is that good English? <laughs> but that's what's going to be so. Have you been born in the flesh? Yep. <laughs> you're here <laughs> have you been born in the spirit God knows and you know is the spirit of God living within are you saved are you born twice because if you're born twice you may not die at all if you should be alive when Jesus comes what a privilege to be part of that that last generation of Christians if it happens we all would like that to happen in our life, wouldn't we? <laughs> and as we increasingly grow older, we increasingly want it to happen sooner <laughs> than later. <laughs> Deliver me. And, and then we'll be able to say what Paul said at the end of the book of 
Corinthians chapter 15. O, de o death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Didn't get me. <laughs> I escaped death. I was raptured. Um, I like just to look at Adolf and say, when we were talking about this, when he was not Christian for about 15 years to come along to church, what did you used to say? What did you thought we were talking about when we talked about that? Rupture. <laughs> he thought it was a rupture. We went bang. <laughs> but uh, it will be uh, not a, a bang, but it'll be a, a silent getaway. <laughs> and, 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 and then we can just imagine if there's an unsafe person talking to you or, or watching you, or, and, and, and that happens. It's going to happen one day. And you're talking to them, and then all of a sudden, all your clothes drop in a heap. It'll be, and it's going to happen worldwide. It's going to happen in communist countries where there are believers. And that's not going to be a resurrection. That's going to be a translation, as we've read in Scripture this morning. But at the same time, there will be a resurrection of those Christians who have already died over the last 2,000 years, just a little bit ahead of us. And so we can, we can think on those things and meditate, and we can be concerned for those that are not Christians, who are not born again that are not going to be part of the first resurrection. Oh, I plead with you today to believe while it is the day of salvation. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and I pray that we might take it seriously. These are true words of God. It's not man's words. Lord, that everyone here would be part of the first resurrection, the translation of the church into your presence. When you come into the air, bringing those that have died, their soul, their spirit with you to be reunited with a resurrected, translated body, Lord, that we all would be part of that. Lord, if there's not, if there's someone here that doesn't believe on the Lord Jesus for their eternal soul's salvation, may they believe that he died, was buried and rose again for them, an individual. And Lord, if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Bless us as we go on our way rejoicing, knowing these truths. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.